views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I'm Daniel Metz. And I'm Robert Vaughn. And this is The Daniel Metz Show. Quote, Civilization is the progress towards a society of privacy. The savage's whole existence is public, ruled by the laws of his tribe. Civilization is the process of setting man free from men, observed Ayn Rand. Robert, we spoke in December of last year, episode 39, about the new Chinese social credit system, a totalitarian attempt to micromanage social behavior in order to, quote, restore morality and social trust. And I believe this topic deserves an update. Because as of March 2019, 13.49 million individuals of its total population of 1.4 billion have been blacklisted, classified as untrustworthy, according to the data released by their National Development and Reform Commission of China. Their motto is, once decredited, everywhere restricted. If you fail in your so-called social duty to government, you'll be banned from travel, from loans, from education, and your personal information will be listed publicly so all can see your shame and punish you accordingly. Not to be outdone by the commies, the European Union is developing the world's largest biometric database called the Common Identity Repository, which will include fingerprints and facial recognition data. And given the ongoing social media purge for wrong think and manifest observable behavior, which has such real life consequences as rendering its victims unable to use online payment processing systems like PayPal and even MasterCard, to the ability to advertise their political campaigns, Carl Benjamin and Tommy Robinson, for example, and to do such basic things as use apps like Uber and Lyft, like Laura Loomer. So Robert, since Big Brother in both its political and corporate form is taking the private out of private citizen, have we lost our right to anonymity? Well, hmm. no. <laughs> you, never, you never lose rights. Rights are a logical consequence of you living on Earth and as a human being. Rights are either protected or they're not. So I shy away from ever saying that we're losing our right to do this or we're losing our right. It should always, you should always place the blame on the people who are not protecting your rights or violating them. Governments are violating my right to carry a weapon if I wanted to. Governments violate my right to say what I want. And that doesn't mean I haven't got that right. The right exists. Government just violates it or doesn't protect it. And as a, when it comes to privacy, it's quickly being violated, especially here in Canada under the Justin Trudeau, uh, China-loving cabal mm. in, in Ottawa. So, no, and uh, we should do something about it. <laughs> well, I have a question. Um, when it comes to private companies, um, do they have a right, or do they have the right to uh, do what they're doing when they blacklist people? Like, for example, Laura Loomer, she's not, they've canceled all her accounts across the board for essentially just wrong thing. Is there a place for the government to interfere in that kind of thing? Or is it just, well, too bad for her? Keep your mouth shut next time. Uh, yes, uh, that place is the law courts. That's part of government. That's, that's one branch of the government that this should go to. Uh, you should not necessarily legislate that a private company should allow somebody on their platform. And you can think of many reasons why that would be. Right now, we're just focusing on people like Laura Luma or Loomer or um, Paul Joseph Watson, whose ideas we often agree with. But what if there is somebody up there actually promoting uh, murder and riots and violence? Uh, you know, like the uh, Democrats. <laughs> I mean, breaking the actual law, <laughs> not just well, terms of service. 
as it's difficult a, in it's difficult in Canada and in England, for example, where there are laws against speech that is so-called hate speech, which is an oxymoronic term. There's no such thing as hate speech. Hate is an emotion. Speech is an action. And so when we talk about it's actually against the law, well, that's one of those areas where the, 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 the uh, government is violating our rights, isn't it? Um, as far as what Laura Luma, Loomer and um, her ilk should do regarding this is uh, take these people to court for suggesting that she's dangerous, as they have done, mm. or suggesting that she is breaking the law by by promoting hatred, which in some jurisdictions is against the law, and let uh, let the courts deal with it. But I'm really against this having legislation to say that everybody should have a platform to voice their free their 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 speech. That's well, not I the think case. I think the the fact that they're the government is obviously in bed with these corporations is I think originally where the or where a large burden of this is because if they applied the law equally to all the corporations with their terms of service that they can just use whenever they feel like it they like they, the government in the United States isn't holding them to task for being a platform or a publisher which is delineated by their laws based on their responsibility for what's published on their platform as it were so they're not doing it. The government isn't stepping in and fulfilling its role in protecting the privacy because these people were, there was a media release for these people who were purged that was sent saying, all these, we're banning these people from our platform. That to me right there is a breach of their privacy. Well, but it's incumbent on the person who thinks that their privacy was breached to complain to the law. The, the law doesn't say, uh, doesn't monitor these platforms and say that this is a, a breach of the law, so therefore I'm going to, as the law, going to unilaterally go take Facebook, Twitter, Instagram to court. That's up to the person whose so-called rights to privacy were violated. That's mm. not up to a cop. It's not up to even well, a... Well, yes. A, well, unless you're in Britain where they, they determine it the other way around, where they, they come after you for the hate speech, regardless of whether anybody actually complains or not. That's true. They're proactive. Yeah which is the scary part. It's getting really frightening in Britain now in particular with the, you hear about the milkshake ban on from McDonald's and all that stuff. And I just, that just floors me. I can't believe that it. it's come to this as it were. Well, if but, milkshakes is the only thing they have to worry about, I think we're still in a fairly civil society. <laughs> well, there's some bricks and bottles were thrown as well, from what I understand, the the Tommy Robinson and the uh, Carl Benjamin thing, but dumping milkshakes on people. And they think the fear is they don't know what's in the milkshake. You don't know what's in that. Nope. It could be acid. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And if they can get in front of Nigel Farage and toss a milkshake yep. at him, what's to stop somebody um, from tossing acid at him or some sort of toxic chemical, as you say? That's, um, that, people like that, like that one Muslim guy who did that to Tommy Rob Robinson mm. and that other fella who did it to Nigel Farage, and I understand Sargon of Akkad was also attacked, Yep. These people should spend time in prison, and I mean serious time. This is a political campaign. This is mm -hmm. not just some random person on the street um, out there glad-handing people. It's a politician running for office. That's and terrorism. for somebody to come up there and, well, yes, it is. It's, you're trying to, you're trying to uh, terrorize a politician 
prevent him from going out and speaking. So I'm, I'm saying five years minimum for doing mm. stuff like that, for actually assaulting them. And then those politicians should sue them civilly yeah. for, the, for the degradation that they had to suffer by having that uh, milkshake thrown at them. I'm talking yeah, the, serious time for this nonsense. And the fear too, right? You don't know what the person's intention is. You don't know it's just a milkshake. You, that, is, that is the terror behind it. And that's why they're doing it. And But I, they're just turning a blind eye and go, oh, don't worry about it, it's just a milkshake, grow up. It's like, no, that's not the point. The point is this is where it starts. What's the next step? Because they're emboldened now because there are not any consequences to their action. And that's the big thing. We live in a consequence-free society these days for people on the left. And that's just a horrible thing. Yeah. To get to back the... to your quote, though, um, from yeah. Ayn Rand, I, I really love that quote, and I'm familiar with it, of course, but um, I think she's hit upon a major distinction between an individualist society and a collectivist society. The individualist society um, respects privacy. Mm. That's almost part of the fundamental nature of it, is that what I do without violating anybody else's rights is absolutely nobody else's business at exactly. all. Mm. As long as, again, there's objective laws that are complied with. That's, that's the key, objective laws. What we're seeing now in Canada and the United States and, well, all over the world, Britain. is that laws are no longer objective, they're subjective. They're there to make sure that people adhere and comply and conform to a political ideology. Justin Trudeau, for example, last year, or was it the year before that, put conditions on receiving summer jobs grants mm. to any organization or individual that um, com uh, that complies with their, um, conforms Social. to their political yeah. ideology regarding a woman's right to have an abortion, which meant, of course, that a lot of religious organizations couldn't apply for a government grant. Not that I necessarily suggest <laughs> that there should be government grants in this area. But no, but if, they're, if they're out there, you have to apply the, the, it equally. You can't just go, well, yes, you, because you agree with me politically, you know, yeah. because you don't. Right. So it, we're, we're seeing that that collectivist ideology uh, being promoted by the government and by people like Trudeau and the de Democrats in the states um, with their sanctuary cities, for example. Um, it is an enforcement by government officials to reward those who conform to their collectivist ideology and to punish those who don't. So we're a far cry from Ayn Rand's uh, notion of a private society. And, well, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because in uh, Britain, one there's actually a person who hid his face when he noticed there was facial recognition um, software equipment around, and the cops took him to task for it. He basically told them to piss off, and they fined him 90 pounds for protecting his own privacy. And as uh, Carl Benjamin said, uh, Sargon of Akkad, he had a great quote. He said, people always say that if you're not doing anything wrong, why should it bother you? And he goes, well, if I have nothing to hide, then why do you, why do, can you get to look? You don't right. need to look because I have nothing. That's exactly the point. I've done nothing wrong. You don't need to investigate me for being completely innocent. Well, and of course, if you take, take it to its conclusion, if you have nothing to hide, what's to stop you from letting cops into your house to examine your entire home? Everybody breaks the law because laws are no longer objective. Yeah. So it's quite, um, using that logic, uh, quite easy to see where that can lead to. It can lead to a police state, which we talked about before. Yeah, and that's a, isn't that a George Orwell quote about the fact that it's really easy being a cop in a police state because they have all the mechanisms at their disposable at their disposal, and innocence isn't presumed. You have to. Prove I just it. read an article today about 
heat uh, sensitive cameras being used in the town of Slough in uh, which is a community near um, near London England where they flew over people's houses with infrared cameras to see whether or not they were using their out, outside outhouses they call them outside sheds mm. as um, places to board immigrants illegally so not because they wanted to stop people from protecting illegal immigrants or even immigrants for that matter mm. but because it would violate the zoning bylaws and so they would crack down on them by having <laughs> now mind you this was done before it's, it's just not with infrared cameras in any sort of municipality they just compare photos from one year to the other to see whether or not you actually got zoning for your pool or your fence or that extra shed you have and yet with the technology of drones and stuff like that it's just they can look at everything there there is keep your windows blinds drawn don't answer the door don't you know it's it's it, don't have a computer don't have google home like i do it was funny because i went to uh my son took me to brunch um last weekend in honor of mother's day we skipped mother's day because we figured we'd be busy and i went to look and see if um a local diner was open and it told me that i'd last visited there seven months ago i'm like I don't have GPS activated on my phone, but my home computer still knew I went to a diner seven months ago because obviously it is still tracking me. That you, if you, you, there's nothing, no technology, you can't have any technology if you want to maintain absolute privacy. It's so scary. No, but then again, you did click on I agree, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, there's that terms of service again. That's how they get you every time. They can use That's it true. to blacklist you and they can use it to sell your data. Uh -huh. That's that terms of service. You know what there we really need? A lot of lawyers <laughs> on our side to go through the terms of service on everything and put it in Cole's notes form for everybody to actually understand what they're agreeing to and no one would click, I accept. Well, I don't know. Actually, a lot of people don't mind it because they want to know uh, things like picayune things, like when you visited the last uh, that restaurant last time. And... The restaurant wants to know to to get some data on uh, the kinds of customers, the demographics who are visiting there, and a lot of people just don't care. I know I know other people who have uh, Google Home as well, um, or I think that's what they call it. Or I don't have that kind of thing. Alexa, or what's the other yeah. one? Siri. Yes, uh, yeah, and they don't care. As as Sargon of Akkad probably alluded to, well, they've got nothing to hide, and they yeah. don't care about it. And Some it's people, the, conven the convenience versus privacy, right? Most people yeah. are willing to trade their privacy for the convenience of, like, we have, to a certain extent, letting the kids use Google Home. Well, I know it's listening to my conversations when it's not on. I know even my computer, even when the camera says it's not on, it's on. It's And the, I know because I've had conversations with just the computer in the room, no Google Home, anything, and my computer has offered me commercials for things I've just mentioned in passing. And not like just yes. coincidentally, like that's the pro predominant ad on most of the pages I visit, is this for whatever it was, I think it was a pillow. And um, it was just, you know it's listening. And, but again, what can we do? <laughs> well, the, that's the thing, isn't it? We can do something if you really want to. I mean, we're old enough to know uh, before uh, all of this technology came around and, and this convenient technology. So we, we are quite willing to be able to just shut it off, get rid of the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google, even bloody computer, and say, well, no, I've got better things to do with my life. i got a lawn to mow, <laughs> you know? or whatever. Li life would be so dull. <laughs> 
Well, that's the thing, isn't it? As you said, it's a trade-off. We're willing to suggest that they can have some of my data if they use it properly and um, even sell it if you wish to, to companies, but they have to let me know that. And we like the services too much. They do provide such a fantastic amount of information that now we're starting to say that we can't do without it. I remember when I got phone calls from companies asking me if I wanted to buy a cell phone. I go, what do I want a cell phone for? <laughs> and they would say, they would say, of course, well, if you're in your car and there's an emergency, you can always call somebody. And I go, eh, there's always phone booths. <laughs> I didn't get one for years. I only and, got one because I had a young son and I my job at the time was... I was at various locations visiting clients, so I was never at home. So if somebody needed to reach me in case of emergency, I needed to have a stationary line that they can do so. So that was that was convenience for me in that. But now, you just it's with you all the time. I'm not as addicted to it as the younger generation is. I just I like having it just in case somebody calls me. That I actually right. use it as a phone. <laughs> <laughs> sort of digressed off the whole topic here, but. One of the other ways that we're losing our privacy is the cashless society. Yes. Which we seem to be doing willingly, but there are some places, especially in Europe, where they don't accept cash anymore, which I, I think should be against the law. I and agree. for this reason, because right on, um, right on it, it uh, on the money, uh, the currency, I should say, it's, it says, or it used to say, you know, for all debts, public and private. So there has to be a way that you can pay your debts without having to subscribe to another company like MasterCard, Visa, mm -hmm. Diners, whatever, who take a hit or take a cut and, um, and, and pay off your debts without having that, that burden of, of being um, a subscriber to a service that you don't necessarily want to subscribe to. Or not so only I, that, but what if you want to buy something and not have it tracked? Like if you go exactly. to like the marijuana, say you want to go buy to the liquor store, or you go to the marijuana store or whatever, and you don't want that knowledge that you were there to be made public. Say you're like, what for whatever reason, it's your own reason, you're private. Cash, that's what cash is for. It maintains your, your privacy because there's no track. They don't know your name. They don't know your number, any of that stuff. And I think that's part of the frightening thing about what Silicon Valley is doing by depersoning people is as we move towards the cashless society, more and more, people are going to be hamstrung because they will be refused payment processing services by specific companies because they're all in bed together. And that's where well, it gets... I have to laugh at these deplatforming or um, people like MasterCard or uh, what was the name? What's that? Pay, uh, PayPal? Not PayPal, but the other one that Tommy Robinson was recently just kicked oh, off Patreon? of. No, no, uh, Stripe, Stripe or something oh, Stripe. like Stripe. Oh, Stripe, yeah, Stripe, that's right, because Stripe yeah, is used by... Yeah, and then uh, Tommy's lawyer sent them a nasty letter, you know, basically saying, you know, you better have good reasons for doing this, and so they reinstated them. But my point is that I think that money handlers, since the government has basically taken over the job of printing money, uh, printing mm. currency, that, um, no, these, these companies should not be allowed to do that. As a matter of fact, they don't do it for murderers. They don't yeah. do it for people in, in, in jail. You could still yeah. have a bloody bank account, even though that you're yeah. a murderer in jail. You could be a mass murderer and yeah. have a bank account and a MasterCard and a Visa. But, but how dare if, you wrong think? If you badmouth Hillary Clinton, whoa. <laughs> there, all of a sudden yeah. you're depersoned. Hold up there, buddy. That's just too far. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so just to get back to your point, no, we're not, um, we never lost our right to our privacy. Ayn Rand is totally right. The more individualistic a society is, the better our privacy is uh, protected. And uh, the only thing we have to do is be vigilant that the government, what they're doing today um, in all over the world, 
is violating that right. It's not a fundamental right, by the way. It's a corollary right mm. based on our property and our, our own life and liberty. But that corollary right is not being protected properly and sufficiently by the courts and by the government. And it's incumbent upon us and those who feel that their privacy is being infringed upon to take it to the courts. Now, there's another issue there. Why, why spend $10 million and 20 years in court trying to protect a right that should be so blatantly obvious that it's being violated? <laughs> I think that people should just be able to go to, down to your local arbitrator and say, here's the issues, right? Okay, the other guy got 30 days to respond. No response? Okay. I find in your favor, that kind of thing, or against you. It should be so simple. No, but then what would all the lawyers do? They wouldn't be able to charge all their fees to make sure that you have the correct color of paper and that it's clipped in the quite presentable way for the judge to see, to sign off on, to therefore adjourn to the next meeting where you do the same thing, add, rinse, repeat. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's a self-perpetuating system. Yeah, it's (sighs) a story for another day, I guess. Yes, and so on that note, which I hate saying, but I'm saying it, take care, behave yourself, we'll talk again soon. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right-wing, it's just right.